Well, hello and welcome to the Disciple Live Stream. Now, whether you're here and joining us live right now or whether you're going to be catching up later on various podcast channels, we just want to uh, welcome you. It's great to have you with us. And uh, tonight we're going to be taking some time to discuss how we can grow as disciples and more importantly, what it means for us to be disciple makers. And so I'm joined this evening and uh, every evening that we're going to do this thing with uh, the one and only Simon Holly, my real good friend. So Simon, I'm going to bring you in and mate, how are you doing? Steve, Yeah, really good. Thanks. How are you doing? You doing okay? We're doing all right. We're coping. Lockdown (laughs) 3.0 is upon us, isn't it? It is. I see. I was feeling so low in motivation earlier this week. Oh my gosh. I was like really, really struggling. I was like, (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to keep going through this one. But yeah, I don't know how you're doing with motivation. But I've been okay. I was okay last year, actually. Last year wasn't too bad. But this year, really, kind of January hit me like tree corners. (laughs) They can't make me keep going. But actually, um, Actually, it was really sweet. Earlier in the week, um, somebody messaged me and just said, I'd, I'd shared in a staff team meeting, guys, I'm really struggling. I can't keep going. Motivation's at the point. And she sent me this lovely message saying she'd been reading a book some years ago and she was reminded of it called Motivated by Love and um, okay. just how the fact that we just need to come, when we've got no motivation, we need to come back to the fact we're motivated by love. And yeah, it really spoke to me. And she quoted actually from... Um, Romans 5 5 that you know the love of God shall abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and she used the New King James version she said she said I never used that version so I don't know if that means something but that's how I always quote that verse the love of God shall abroad in our hearts so it, was, hearts. Yeah, it was just really I thought it was, oh lord that's exactly what I needed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. How, how are you doing with lockdown? It's those, those delicate moments of encouragement are so precious, aren't they? Um, no, I mean, it is, it is challenging. I mean, for, for lots of people like us in that kind of position where obviously homeschooling, three young yeah. kids, eight, six and three, obviously something something of a challenge. But, you know, trying to enjoy the, the moments of positivity as well. I mean, obviously, right the way around the country right now, there are people who are going through some really tough times. And so we've yeah. been kind of praying hard for those people who are working in the NHS and those people who are struggling in under the weight of this and trying to reach out and build community where we can at the same time. And um, listen, guys, if you're joining us this evening, it's great to have you with us. Do feel free to tell us uh, where you're from. Introduce yourselves in the chat. It's great to have people as they join us this evening. And uh, I don't know whether anyone enjoyed the snow this week. And, uh, you know, some it was it was Monday. Our kids are obviously super excited about the snow. And so we were out there kind of building building snowmen. I'll tell you what's super fun, Simon, is that we had, uh, we've got a neighbor of ours that we've been kind of reaching out to and listening to and loving for a little while now. She's a, um, a retired lady, you know, put, put, put it like that. And uh, she called me over as the kids were shouting outside. And so I kind of went up to her and was, you know, I was, is, is everything all right? Is, 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 everything, is everything okay? And because uh, she, she'd said to me, uh, Steve, can I, can I have a word? And uh, it was at this point when, uh, as I went up to the fence, that she started throwing snowballs at me over the fence, <laughs> throwing snowballs <laughs> at the children. And so super fun. And it is, it's honestly just lovely that even in the midst of the craziness, yeah. there are those little moments of respite, aren't there, where we, uh, where we still think. It's just been amazing just to see people rising to the occasion across, the, you know, all sorts of people just... Yeah, it's not easy. Not not so many people with so many challenges, and yet people really are rising to the occasion, making the best of it. So good. So good to see you, Jules. Thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it really is. And uh, what we'll do, guys, is right the way through this evening, we want to engage with your questions as well, okay? So it might be that some of the things that Simon or I get to share, or particularly as kind of guests come over the next few weeks that we've got prepared, we would love the opportunity of uh, uh, getting your in, um, feedback, getting your comments as we go through. So feel free to ping those things in as well. It really is great to have you with us. Now, obviously, what we've done, though, is that whilst we had a number of live chats, Simon and I, kind of last year, we really felt like God was leading us to be able to start this uh, live cast and then it'll turn itself into a podcast um, all around discipleship, as it were, giving our focus, giving our attention to do that. And so I guess right, it makes sense for us to start with even pausing and thinking, look, if people are stumbling on, across this kind of live cast right now and thinking to themselves, what on earth is a disciple? Maybe we could kind of share that. Obviously, it's a word that we're very used to using in the church from a Christian context, but how would you go about describing a disciple? Yeah, I guess the simplest way would be it's people who are learning to live like Jesus. I think that's yeah. what, uh, in a Christian context, how we would describe a disciple. Someone who's learning to live like Jesus, or another definition I had re recently, someone who's seeking to hear, to obey, and to share the love of God and the kingdom of God wherever they go. So that kind of sense of we are kind of tuning into Jesus and we're seeking to obey his words. We're learning to live the way he lived and to do the kind of things that he did. That's how I would de define a disciple. And like you, yeah, super really excited good. about this opportunity to, to speak about discipleship and chat about it and learn together and learn from others. It's going to be great, I think. Absolutely. Super excited about it. Well, what would you say are the reasons then, Simon? Why do you think discipleship is so important right now? Because I know you've been going on a bit of a journey right the way through lockdown as you've been reflecting and kind of studying other people and what's going on around the world. What makes you think that now is the time for us to really press into this area? I mean, I think for me, the journey began, began really about four, about five or six years ago when I uh, was chatting with a friend of mine, a guy called Paul. And as we were talking he was telling me about, we were talking about discipleship and we were talking about, you know, the whole thing of making disciples. And it was a little bit kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, I know that kind of, you know, <laughs> I know it's important kind of thing. And yeah. um, but he was telling me about his lifestyle and how he lived his life. And as he was doing that, I, I stopped him. I said, Paul, how do you fit it in? Because he was leading a right. church like I was. I was like, how do you fit this in? And he said, um, Simon, that question is the problem. <laughs> he okay. said, Jesus told us to make disciples. It was the, the command that he left his church. It's not how do we fit it in. It should be how do we fit anything else in. That's what we should be doing. And it was one of those, like I remember where I was. I can remember the window we were standing in front of. I had those conversations as we had that conversation. It was one of those life-defining moments as we talked about it. So provoking. And it really uh, was part of a journey that we, we've been on. I've been on for, for numbers of years uh, now, just learning, okay, what are we doing here? How, this has got to be front and center to what we're doing. There's all sorts of things we could do, but making disciples, and I think we would define it as making disciples who make disciples, you know, who naturally right. multiply. Um, because I think there's a world of difference between making disciples and making disciples who make disciples. I think making disciple makers is part of the journey that particularly the church in the West is on. Um, so I think that was kind of the big picture for narrative or kind of background background for me. But then I think drilling into it a little bit, I think right at the beginning of this lockdown, I guess everyone's thinking again about what is church? What are we doing yes. here? Are we really making yes. disciples like we're meant to be doing? And I felt the Lord speak to me once we kind of got the church kind of stabilized that um, one of my tasks during this year was to do some more research and I stumbled on a few things and I've just talked to people from all over the world. It's just been fascinating, just meeting, learning, particularly people in the developing world who are seeing 
just incredible moves of God going on. So I think for me, it feels like this learning time as we go into this, you know, this bizarre season where everything's on hold, you know, what better use of the time to, to go back to the basics and say, are we doing what Jesus told us to do? And how can we do it better? And how can we learn from others around the world? So, yeah, I guess that's what's provoked me on the on the, on the journey. But you're excited about it as well. Tell us about something of your, of your journey. Oh, yeah, in- incredibly excited. It, it really is a, pri- it's a privilege to, to do so. And I think you kind of, you grabbed me at one point, Simon, in the midst of your kind of learnings and, you know, just started sharing stories about what God's doing around the world and how, as you say, different people are, are kind of becoming disciples, but then they're also raising other disciples. There's genuine multiplication going on. And, and obviously that's what we're looking for. And, you know, for those of you who don't know me well, you know, I'm sure you will over these kind of coming weeks, but I'm an evangelist. OK, and so I get passionate about seeing people coming to Jesus and um, getting to know him personally for themselves. And so as an evangelist, obviously, I live with this tension. OK, and the one hand, incredibly grateful for what we're seeing God do, incredibly grateful for the fact that we are seeing people get saved. We're seeing people get baptized. But also, obviously, being in this position of being desperate for more and they're mm. wanting to see a move of God's spirit in such a way that we would see, you know, not just the tens, but the hundreds and the thousands of people coming to know him. And ultimately, you know, wanting a revival that's going to transform our town and transform the nation and mm. beyond. And so, you know, in reality, it's a strange one. I mean, I, I was thinking back even earlier on today that we have got so much to be grateful for. So one of the things that I've been doing is, uh, you know, leading Alpha and leading Alpha for, for years. And, you know, it was the last in-person Alpha course that we did where we had a team for our Alpha and Beta courses around about 16 people. And I think 13 of them had got saved through courses that we'd run, which That's is incredible. just remarkable. Yeah. It's something really to celebrate. But at the same time, then you start to think, OK, of those 13 people, how quickly are we multiplying them? How quickly can we see our towns yeah. and our cities sort of utterly transformed for God? And so in the midst of it, then you're thinking, all right, well, maybe there is more, you know, and what, yeah. what would that more look like? And so that's one of the things that I'm really eager to partner with. And Obviously, I know there'll be people who are starting to think as they're listening in right now, well, Steve, you can't save anyone. And that is honestly, obviously true. You know, salvation belongs to the Lord. And so Mm. I can trust him with that. But I want to I guess I want to partner with the Holy Spirit and I want to learn lessons. I want to grow as we become better disciple makers. And so for me, that's what this is all about. You know, we wanted to take that opportunity to to, to do so. And so there's going to be a number of things that we're going to uh, share about this evening, almost uh, as it were to whet our appetite, I hope, for the coming weeks. And so the plan, guys, is to do one of these evenings for around about an hour, you know, every fortnight for the course of this term and hoping that you'll be encouraged, hoping that you'll be inspired and hoping hundreds of people will be able to tune in from their various different places. So listen, let me just thank you so much for those of you who've already told us that you're here and you're watching. We've got people in Elstow. We've got people in Canoosti. We've got people in Great Yarmouth and Milton Keynes. Uh, Andy from Redeemers here. We've got kind of Graham, who's a good friend of ours at the King's Arms. People from Matlock, people from Bedford and uh, all over the place from, you know, watching Birmingham, I see. So it's great to have you guys with us. Feel free to chip in. All right. And so if we say anything that particularly inspires you, we'd love to hear about it. Um, If we say anything that encourages you, or maybe you've even got a different take and you can help other people as well no doubt of the 50 odd people who are watching right now there'll be others who are going to read through your comments and i'm sure they would love to do so as well so simon you shared a little bit didn't you about kind of the fact that you've been speaking to people you know all over the world uh, through uh, the course of lockdown trying to learn lessons and and garner insight from different people you know Mm. why don't you tell us a little bit about who you've been speaking to recently 
Oh, I mean, it's just so, I mean, as I've said to you so many times, I can't even remember where I heard this or who said it. Right. Like, you quoted so different people, people thinking, who could this be? Yeah, just, you know, from Australia to to uh, Africa, to America, to uh, India, I and mean, just all over. It's just been, and, and, and listened to so many podcasts and done training and, yeah, just been some brilliant moments. I think um, I loved. I was hearing one lady's testimony. We can perhaps sh uh, share it, link it into the notes. That a lady from uh, called Cindy, who's seen three disciple making movements started, and just a beautiful, sweet lady. I mean, just incredible. Just loved hearing her story. Um, I spent a, a good a chunk of time talking to a guy called Victor John, who um, I got to know through another guy that I'd never met before. Just <laughs> one kind of one cascades off the other. Somehow got his contact, and I mean, just a beautiful guy. I mean, just an incredible guy. So he, uh, I think it was about 25 years ago, he and another pastor, he left his church that he was pastoring. He just thought this just isn't multiplying. I think some of the frustrations that 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 we feel is that we're growing by addition, and it's great. There's nothing to complain about. It's fantastic. Yeah. But he just wasn't seeing it multiply like he'd read in about in, about in the scriptures, and he he was seeing and hearing from other places, and so felt like the Lord calling out of that church, and then started a whole um, kind of fresh thing that he was doing with a friend of his. Um, and basically now pastors a group of 20, between 20 and 25 million believers in their house churches. I mean, just <laughs> right. phenomenal to just hear his kind of wisdom on how, you know, he, talk, he was talking about how leadership is mostly from the back. You know, he's like, mm -hmm. uh, he, he, you know, he's like the, the, when you pick, picture the good shepherd, you often think of a shepherd at the front and kind of leading the charge. But actually most Middle Eastern shepherds shepherd from the back, you know, the, the flock kind of are guided loosely, but they're, so I just think so so many inspiring um, comments from 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 him and just how he uh, I, I was like how do you how do you keep this whole thing together? He's like oh, I don't worry about that. <laughs> I leave that to the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's yeah. just so yeah, it's just so beautiful just to hear his heart for uh, people, his heart for reaching lost people. Um, I think it was just notable how there. Um, he talked about you've got to be modeling this, Simon. You've got to be. It's got to come out of your own right. lifestyle and how. Often he says, as leaders, we like to preach about it, but we don't like to actually do it. And he said, what I learned is I, people will copy what I do, basically. And wow, again, that was yeah. a real provocation to me. It's same as what Paul gave me a few numbers of years ago. We've got to, you know, take the take the time out of the diary to be living this out and modeling yes. it. And and yes. I, my diary has changed radically in the last five years. But I'm thinking again, it needs it needs to change again. You know, as we come out of lockdown. So yeah, it's just so yeah. so provoking. Um. How just I think one of the things that really uh, spoke to me about how he they get new believers or even unbelievers sharing what God's doing in their lives right from the get go. He said so often we create consumers in church, even though we complain about the very consumers we create. You know, is that that kind of consumeristic <laughs> tendency in us? But yes. actually, some of the things that we do create that consumeristic tendency in us. And he's like, we encourage people to start sharing what God's doing in their life right from the start sharing from God's word right from the beginning. It's yeah, just super provoking. It's um yeah, really, really exciting to talk to some of these people. How about yeah, you've met I mean, some people as well? Why don't you just share about you met no, Daniel? No. We had a good time with Daniel, didn't you? From, from, yeah, um, no, no, we, we we did. That's right. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, even as, as you're sharing, like there's a reality, even for those people who are listening right now, 
But, you know, we are being provoked, guys. All right. <laughs> so we want to share the love. So if it is the case, and, and I've got no doubt that there are many leaders who are kind of tuning in right now. And uh, listen, if you if you can walk a dog, then you're a leader. All right. People, you know, will, will, will want to model your lifestyle, particularly for those of us who can know peace and joy and hope in God. And so I, I would just encourage you, you know, to even think about what Simon's just been sh sharing right, right there. So, you know, we are being provoked and so we want to be able to say just as it says in the scriptures that you know imitate me as i imitate christ and so if it is mm. the case that there are things kind of in your diary that you wouldn't want people to be modeled if you kind of look at the general themes and principles and, and, and the amount of time proportionally you're giving to different things and so you know it's a good thing for Simon and I to sit down and think, right, how much time are we giving to this? You know, because we want to be disciples who make disciples and see disciples who go on to make disciples. But yeah, just mm. as Simon said, I mean, one of the people that I've been most inspired by in, in, in chatting to is this guy called Daniel C. Now, he is um, a church leader who uh, had a relatively small church in a place called Tasmania. Uh, yeah, Tasmania, excuse me in Australia. And uh, what I'm particularly excited about is that he is going to be our guest the next time we do one of these disciple podcasts. And so that'll be in two weeks time on the 14th of February. But the reason it, I guess, inspired me or he particularly inspired me is one, because of his desire to grasp every opportunity in God. And so it would be really easy, Simon, I don't know about you, but, you know, to think, right, we're in the middle of this lockdown. OK, that means we've got to hunker down. We've got to kind of bury mm. our head and you know, we're going to try and just get through this as best get as through we can. It. Yeah, get through to the other side. Yeah. Right. And so, we, you know, we're looking, some of us, I think, just to get back to some kind of normality. But what Daniel did was that he started to look around and think to himself with this realization that there are so many people needing hope. Mm. And what's interesting is that obviously he's in Australia, which is a very similar context to what we are in mm. here in the in the mm. West, in Europe as well. And so where I hear about moves of God in certain nations, maybe in the Middle East or across Africa, being honest, part of me thinks, oh, well, I can I can imagine the Holy Spirit moving in really real power there. Mm. And then so it's, it's just inspiring and provoking to think, actually, he was someone who grasped this opportunity. And in a really simple way, he um, started asking people, but, you know, do you want to receive hope right now? You know, lots of people are looking, looking for hope. And would you like to uh, join me in looking at stories of hope from the life of Jesus? I just thought to myself, what a brilliant question. Now, what's interesting is he's, after he started his first hope group, the group immediately multiplied. And there were people who wanted to, to start with their friends and their you know acquaintances. And so this thing has blown up. And so not only is it happening now all over Australia, but in lots of other nations as well. And Daniel has turned himself into someone who trains people to be able to lead hope groups, which seem to be multiplying at a phenomenal rate. And so looking forward to you being able to kind of hear some of his story. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll He's be such a lovely guy, isn't he? He's such, such a great a guy. guy. He's such a great yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited one of the things I like. particularly like, and uh, we, I'll, I'll perhaps share later about it, but it's just the simplicity of the language and the, you know, mm. the ease in which he's in, encouraging people who are not believers, not part of any church, you know, to be able to uh, kind of just share honestly about what they're doing and then grow in God together, which I just think is an absolutely, absolutely brilliant thing. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and he's so, so seasoned. I mean, he's, training, he's training people for like in the middle of Africa, isn't he? <laughs> over Zoom. That's right. He's like, was well, he trained 600 people or something like that now? Yeah, I think, I think over 700 now, but I'm sure he'll give us the, um, you know, latest numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Looking forward to hearing yeah. from, here, here from him. 
Well, should we should we dive into to, to some of the things that you're learning then, Simon? You know, what would be the things that you're looking at and thinking? Uh, yeah, here's here's what I'm really being grabbed by right now. I think I think the the big priority of prayer, I think, is everyone are talking. If they're not talking about disciple making and discipleship, they're talking about prayer. So I think there's something about prayer that's really shaping the church, particularly the church in the West. And I think that's that's powerful. I think it's absolutely intrinsic to to, to disciple making anyway. I think us praying, I yeah. think for me, um, learning. I mean, we did our first kind of mass prayer walk, didn't we, over the summer? And I think there's more of that to come, actually praying, um, encouraging our churches across the nation to start prayer walking the streets, to start seeding yes. the streets. Ultimately, I think we've got to in the spirit by the holy spirit generate some spiritual hunger and i think that we've got to find the spiritual hunger that's already there and we've got yes. to see the spiritual hunger that isn't there generated and I, I was really provoked reading again charles finney's comments um charles finney was an american revivalist from uh, uh many many years ago and one of the things that he said i mean he saw literally hundreds of thousands if not millions of people saved in in the states during the the, the awakenings and he uh, one of the things he said is one of my, my foremost job is to create spiritual hunger in the room. And he said, oh. by, the, by the paraphrasing, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, he said, most preachers assume that spiritual hunger is in the room. They assume that people are spiritually hungry and they don't spend any time. And he said, but I assume there is yes. no spiritual hunger. I assume yes. that by the time I leave the room, I want to have created spiritual hunger. Because if I can get people hungry for God, then, then anything can happen. You know, there's that and that. It's really yes. provoked me just to be praying and thinking about how do we how do we help people get spiritual hunger because that's how we all began you know when you and I sat in that chat table talking about alpha you had a right. some there was a spiritual hunger that God had deposited in your heart somehow we don't know how through the prayers of other people through the difficult situations you've been through but spiritual hunger had been generated and I think yeah I think as the church we need to pray it into being by the grace of God we need to say God pour out your spirit on our nation and give us spiritual hunger. And I think it's also out there. So I think that's one of the things, one of the things that really provoked me over the summer was hearing about the Bible Society's survey of, um, I think they surveyed over 20,000 people in the UK. Okay, significant number, yeah. yeah, significant number, lots of big demographic. It was a really well put together survey. And they, um, out of it, they were asking people about their, because it's the Bible Society, they're asking people about their attitudes to the Bible. And, uh, Unsurprisingly, 49% of people uh, were not interested in what the Bible had to say whatsoever. Not a surprise, you know, cynical, largely secular uh, UK, not a surprise. But yeah. what was fascinating was the fact that I think it was 21 or 23% of people either were very interested or were interested in what the Bible had to say. And that just really sparked in me the thing of Yes. There is something about sharing God's word in this season that we've got to we've got to get out of over ourselves because most Christians feel a bit awkward about sharing God's word. I think they they feel yes. a bit. I know I do. You just feel a bit kind of super spiritual, or so, even amongst Christians, we can feel a bit yeah. super spiritual. Yeah. But but if you look at the Muslims who have come to the UK, I mean, my Muslim taxi drivers they're forever telling me, oh, you know, the Quran says this and the yeah, prophet says this. I'm actually not ashamed yeah. at all. So I think there's something about this that's going to be critical. Um, yes. going forward about learning how to share God's word with with one another. And I found that super provoking because in the disciple making movements that I've been studying, teaching believers and particularly new believers and particularly unbelievers to talk about God's word yes. and to share it with one another has been is foundational to what they do. 
And I think we've just not given that enough emphasis at all. And yeah, hoping to rectify that. But yeah, I don't know yeah. but what, what, really what stood out to you about that. Oh, I mean, the, 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 there's so much, and it's, it's obviously it's, it's it's deeply provoking, isn't it? You know, there, there's um, you know, Ro Romans one, isn't it, where it says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation." Yeah. And uh, you know, there is a a desire in me, a hunger in, in me to talk about Jesus, talk about what He's done in my life, and yet that provocation to very quickly engage people with God's word actually isn't something that comes really naturally. And so mm. this is something that kind of stands out there. And so the idea, I mean, I don't know whether you caught that stat guys, you know, there's 60 odd people watching with us right now, and it's great to have you with us. The idea that one in five people would be interested in looking and finding out what God's word said. I mean, that that's an incredible thing. And that should mm. actually give us a real sense of excitement and a real yeah. passion, a real desire to want to go and find them. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, just as the, you know, there's that parable of, of, of the sower going out and you think, right, okay, any of this seed, would it land in good soil, lead us to the people of peace who, where there's good soil, fertile soil, ready for us to engage with those people. There's, there's, there's so much, so much in that. And so you, you've referenced a couple of times, Simon, about discipleship making movements. Now, some people won't know what that is. Okay. So it might be worth giving a bit of definition, but one of the things that I know that you've consistently found is they're using this uh, hunger that people seem to have to get into God's word and, and, and doing Bible studies, discovery Bible studies with them. So did you want to just paint a picture about you know what that looks like? Yeah, that was one of the big revelations. In fact, that's really helped us, hasn't it, as a church, as we've been going through lockdown. And um, and we put obviously put the broadcast thing on, and, and that's been great. But for many, it wasn't scratching the itch because it wasn't connecting them together. And so um, I came across this one of the methods that these a lot of these disciple-making movements, I think there is an official definition of what a disciple-making movement is, but it seems to be something along the lines of, I'll have to look it up for future weeks, a rapidly multiplying movement of churches to the, at least the fourth okay. generation. So that means that the, the generation uh, one would be, you know, the believers who then lead other believers, other people to Christ, and they then start. Right. So I think back to the fourth generation, I think once it gets to the fourth generation, they consider it a disciple-making movement because it's pretty much unstoppable once once you've got to that kind of energy. Um, and they use this thing called Discovery Bible Study or variants of it. And basically, it's a very simple method of reading reading a passage of Scripture. Often with new believers or unbelievers, they'll start with a parable, sorry, with a story, one of Jesus' stories, uh, a story from the life of Jesus, a parable, something like that. Um, they read it together. Um, they read it. Uh, uh, everyone in the group reads it. So if you've got a group of four or five, you'll all read it. And then they, everyone retells the passage. So by the time you've, oh, no, sorry, I think two people reread it. Sorry, two people read it. And then everyone retells the passage. So, but if you're in a group of five people, you've heard it seven times by the time you're, you're done, which is phenomenal actually. And you think about engaging with God's word and even what it says in the scripture about the public reading of the Bible, we just, I just don't think we've done enough of it actually. Yeah, so okay. everyone's retelling it in their own words, which is powerful in itself. And even doing that, even if no one said anything else, you would get a lot out of it. Having, having done it, you know, we've done it now, haven't we? For numbers of, of months and then answering simple, four simple questions. What does this passage tell us about God? What does it tell us about people? which I think we've done, that we've done those kinds of questions. But the last two questions are the killer ones. How am I going to obey what this, what am I going to do as a result of reading this passage? And who can I share this passage with? Right. And I think those two are the game changer questions. I mean, the, th the first were important, you know, what does this passage say? They really say focus on the passage that you're looking at. Try not to pull yeah, in other passages. The reason for that is because particularly with those who are 
Well, actually, it doesn't matter for lots of people, I think, not just new believers or unbelievers, that as soon as somebody starts pulling passages from all over the Bible, everyone takes a step back and thinks, I can't really do that. You know, I don't think I can. Yeah. Whereas actually focusing on one passage that everyone's got in front of them saying, what does this tell us about God? What does it tell us about people? Is a really provoking way of, of anyone. You know, it's a level playing field, isn't it? Anyone can look at the passage and, and say that. Don't have to have any prior knowledge whatsoever. Um, and yeah, then the last two questions of how do I obey this? What do I have to do? And who can I share it with? I think, yeah, we've as we've been practicing it and, and we've, we've been doing it together and we in various settings. And it, I, I found it's really profound, you know, in yeah, the absolutely. impact it's had on people. Um, I don't know yeah, how, yeah. about, how about you, because obviously I introduced it to you and you've been doing it in various settings. Well, I think that, it, that obedience piece, I think is, is one of the key ones. But what, what I'm finding, not just for myself, but actually for many of the people that we're having the opportunities. And we might even later on this evening just mention the fact that, you know, we've got we're doing this now with some unbelievers. We're doing this now with, with kind of Christians in our, in our church and, you know, trying to stretch ourselves. But I tell you, you don't uh, you know, you, you start to think about a story in a very different way when you're about to retell it. And so the yeah. level of detail, I think, that people are starting to pick up and engage with is just remarkable. And yeah. so, you know, you're hearing it in different translations, which I think is, is helpful. It gives you, again, the breadth and, and, and much of the um, story thread of what you're yeah. looking at. And then, so then the retelling of it, then suddenly you find yourself thinking, oh, I actually know this story probably far better than maybe I would have had I yeah. just read it in my own devotional readings, which yeah. I just think is, is, a, is a brilliant thing. Now, I'm going to ask you a little bit more, Simon, around that obedience piece, but just to say hello, because I thought I would. So listen, it's great to have you, Pam and Keith and Andy, Bianca, uh, Nicolette, Ian, Emily. Guys, it's great to have you with us. And yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, if you want to, to share questions or comments as we go along through the course of this evening, you're really welcome to. My favorite comment so far, I'm going to pop on the screen here. Helen says, Simon, you're just so real and honest. That's why the King's Arms is so special. Real people, authentic stories from so many different backgrounds, but united in love for Jesus and each other. Uh, to be honest with you, I think we should probably stop there. I think that's, that's that might be a high point. You know? <laughs> but listen, Helen, I'm Thanks, really grateful Helen. for you. It's lovely mm. to have you with us. And uh, it, it is uh, honestly one of the kind of hallmarks of, of your life, Simon, and something I so appreciate about it. You know, always willing to learn, always willing to be honest and authentic and real. And the truth is, guys, that we're on this journey together, aren't we? You know, oh, all God, of us yeah. have been, you know, touched by the grace of God and um, mm. eager to for other people to, to experience some of the love that we have uh, experienced in him. But as I say, like one of the key things, and honestly, I think one of the most provoking things for me is how so frequently you've come back to me and said, look, you know, it's this obedience piece though, Steve, this is, this is what we've got to lean into because this in part, I think is maybe we where we have done a disservice even to the Christians amongst us. And so, I mean, I, whether, whether you speak broadly, Simon, about the kind of the, the, the church nationally or whether you speak specifically about kind of things that you experience, why do you think obedience is so important, you know, when it comes to uh, reading the scripture and then applying it to our lives? I just th I think what I've been learning over the last kind of nine months or so is that just how we just don't realize how in the West we are stewed in a kind of Greek based educational system, which is all about learning is that gathering information. And we feel like if we've gathered, if we've learned enough information, then we've kind of mastered something. Yeah. Well, actually the Hebrew thought is so different. It's, it's all based in yes, knowing things, but then applying those things and, and actually embodying those things. That's why Jesus said, 
now you've heard these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. You know, we just, even that makes us feel uncomfortable. If we, surely yes. if we love her, we can just tell you that we love you. No, no, Jesus wants us to, Im, he wants us to embody his word because yes. it's, it's, it's the only way to life, you know. <laughs> his word is life. And so in us embodying his word and bringing it to life, that is love to him because it then completes the circle of the love that he's poured out to us, you know. And I think, I just think it's absolutely key. And I think even the way some of the ways that we've done church, as it were, we just haven't had tight enough feedback loops on, right, I've read something in God's word. Now I'm going to put it into practice. And I think, you know, so we'll talk about it in a moment. We've launched this thing called Raw Church as a different way of doing church over uh, this lockdown period. We, we still do the broadcast. We have a couple of people connecting into that with the normal worship and preach. But we just felt there was a hunger. Certainly I had a hunger and you had a hunger, I know, to to really engage with people face to face as best as we could. So we do it over Zoom. We do it around Discovery Bible Study. And it's been fascinating, A, um, this obedience piece and actually how much people are getting out of it. It's hard. It is hard to look at God's word and think, I'm actually going to do something with this rather than just do a nice Bible study and, you know, okay, yeah, it's great. You know, well, I learned a little bit about God and people. But I actually think, what am I going to do as a result of this? And, and some people immediately we say, oh, legalism. But... I think there's a difference. There's a there's such a fear of legalism in in the West, and there's a difference yeah. though between legalism and discipleship. And discipleship is doing exactly what Jesus said, which is to hear and obey and to put it into practice. So I think you know, of course, it's got to be founded on the grace of God. It's got to be founded on we're not earning salvation, but fundamentally, Jesus is the one who said it. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. You know, so. Yeah. You could, okay, so then Jesus was a legalist on that, that definition. No, of course he wasn't. He yeah, saved absolutely. us by his yeah. grace. He saved us freely. And yet there's a free response to that is that we should want to obey and we should delight to, you know, like the psalmist says, yeah. I delight to do your will, O God. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I just think we will, the church that as we know it is going to be transformed when we start to get these two pieces in place, uh, reading God's word and obeying it, and learning to share his word with other people, I think it's going to be a total game changer. I really do. Yeah, Certainly yeah. that's what I've observed in the in the developing world where they are seeing literally hundreds, thousands, millions of believers made in rapid success. They're not they're not growing by addition, they are growing by by rapid multiplication because of yeah, some of these um, some of these things, you know, and it's yeah. yeah. Exciting, I, love what, I love what Graham's put on here. He's just, and I don't know whether Graham is quoting someone or he's come up with this himself, but obedience being the overflow of contentment and peacefulness of sonship. And obviously, you know, Simon, you've taught so many times on what it means to be adopted, you know, what it means to be uh, brought in as a son and a daughter of yeah. God. And ultimately, so much flows from that place, doesn't it? You know, when we are secure in him, secure in our identity, there's this desire for us to, uh, you know, do the things that God has called us to do, and whether it is the miraculous stuff, the courageous stuff, the the raw, honest, rugged stuff. I think that that's where we want to get to. We're so so secure in Him that we can't help but want to pursue God in that place. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, I, even if I do nothing else for God, He's going to love me. You know, He loves me. It's not based on performance. His love for for me. But because of that, I want to follow him. I want to bring his word to life. I think this, I think it's that. And then maybe obedience is a, you know, maybe we shouldn't use that word in the West because it has got such an edge to it to so many. But um, uh, but it is that sense of I delight to your will, oh God. I want to I want to follow you. I want to bring your word to life because I know that's the way this planet is going to be transformed. It's how I'm going to be transformed and how this yeah. planet is going to be transformed by more and more people bringing Jesus's words to life and embodying them. And I think that... Yeah. 
you know, that's the that's what he's calling us to, I think. And and you've seen it, haven't you? Beginning, you know, you've done this hope group with um you started this hope group. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Because you're doing this yeah, with no, one yet. You aren't yet followers of Jesus and kind of doing this discovery Bible study with them. Tell us, tell us. Yeah, about that's that. right. Bring, bring me back in a moment to um, to accountability. I was going to ask you a question about that. But yeah, I mean, what, what we decided to do, just really inspired by some of the stories, is that, you know, I would put out to some people who were, um, you know, not yet Christians, but we were kind of engaging with us and, uh, you know, thought, look, why don't we give it a go? And so mm. this Tuesday just gone. So listen, it's very early days. I've got to be completely honest about that. You know, this Tuesday just gone, we learned, launched our first kind of hope group group at King's Arms. And um, it was such a brilliant evening. Honestly, one of my favorite nights from the last year. Now, I know the I know the last year has been a tough year, so, yeah. but it was honestly, it was a really, really excellent evening. And um, I said to the group, and so you know, there are some people there who are not Christians and some people there who are very new believers. I said to them, guys, are you up for being guinea pigs with me? You know, would you be up for, for, for you know, uh, looking at stories of hope from the life of Jesus? And uh, we'll learn it together. And so we kind of journey through that um, uh, kind of same uh, rhythm of reading the Bible, you know, say, saying well, something, things that we're thankful for first and, you know, sharing challenges that are going on in our lives because we want to build genuine community in the midst of it, but then getting into the Bible. And so, you know, reading stories, retelling those stories, you know, asking of the passage, what does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about ourselves? And then what are we going to do with this passage? How can we be obedient and then go on and share this story? And the amazing thing is that even for those people who would have never picked up a Bible before, there was this interest, there was this hunger, there was this you know active desire to think, okay, well, how does this apply to my life? And so super excited about not just that evening, but what it might mean for mm. you know future weeks and, and indeed future groups. Mm. And what's really lovely and especially exciting for me is that I've already said to the group that I'm only gonna, gonna sort of coordinate, lead this thing for a couple of weeks, then you guys are gonna do it. And so um, you know, just trusting that the simplicity of what we're doing actually is gonna help them to reproduce. And um, as I said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more about, about Daniel and the way he's seen it go to the first, second, third, fourth generation, because mm. I think that is a really, really wonderful thing. I, mm. what, what's interesting here is that people are similarly kind of commenting on, on how much they've enjoyed uh, kind of raw church and that kind of sense of going through uh, sort of Bible studies, doing some uh, DBS uh, uh, sort of Bible studies uh, you know, through, through those set settings. In fact, Cheryl here, bless her, she says it's just absolutely loving Raw Church. It's a game changer for discipleship. Yeah. We like that. Love that comment. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And, uh, you know, Sunny Charlotte's really enjoying it as well. But listen, let, let me come back to that point on accountability, because obviously it's one thing for people to say, yes, here's something that I'm going to do with this passage. But, uh, you know, do people follow through? Like, what, 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 what do you uh, find is important both for you personally, but also for groups when it comes to accountability of doing those things? Yeah, I've, I've found, and we, we had a, in our raw church this morning, actually, we, um, we, we kind of raised it again of it's going to be, it's so important to write it down. I think if you don't write down what you say you're going to do, I think the chance of it happening drop probably, but I don't know what the stats are, but probably 50% or more in my case. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I did about three discovery Bible studies or four maybe before I realized I'm just, I'm saying what I'm going to do, but I'm not actually doing it. <laughs> I am not actually following yeah. through. You know, and it, so it's so easy. We're so used to being in kind of Christian meetings where you say the right thing and then yeah. you just you just don't follow through on it. So it, that that's me, and I'm you know I'm paid to do this stuff. You know, <laughs> so, so you know I just realised just so how intrinsic in our, in us it can be just to say one thing and to and to do another. And actually, yeah. you know, so I really had to kind of up my game of writing it down, making sure no, I really am, I'm serious about this. And 
I know that I'm, you know, vulnerable to forgetting and, and thinking, yeah. oh, you know, I'll do it next week and it never happening or whatever. So actually writing it down, I think is, we found it really key. And then, you know, what, we'd, what we do at the beginning of Raw Church is we ask each other, how did you get on? You know, and there's no shame in it. And if you didn't, it's fine. You know, it's no bit. But it's that just that general thing of I'm going to be asked next week if I did what I said I was going to do. Yes. And, and I think it helps us because we actually want to do it. I'm not just making stuff up here. I'm actually reading God's word. I'm thinking, I really want to do this. And I yeah, really want good. to. Yeah. So I'm, it's not a kind of heavy accountability of, you know, you know, you failure, Steve, if you haven't followed through. It's more a sense of, no, hold me. Please hold me accountable because I really want to grow. I really want to be someone who follows what Jesus uh, is asking me to do and to, and to yeah. you know, follow through on it. And I think if it's done with that spirit, it doesn't. Because yes. I know in the past, you know, certainly in the 60s and 70s, there was some really what they called heavy shepherding, which was yes. just this the, the principles of obedience, but it became really heavy, you know, really, yes. really heavy in the church. And it was very much kind of um, shaming people and you know people had to ask their leaders if they wanted to go on holiday on a particular week of you know you know well, <laughs> it was pretty toxic stuff so we can't go back that's not what this is about this is a yeah. this is us volunteering please we want to work together in this rather than um rather than us kind of holding it over each other and kind of name and shame if we didn't it's you know help help yes. you know we're helping each other and yeah. i think one done in that spirit that's when it works beautifully i think and yeah. Because I mean, way, it, it is interesting. It. I think some people think about accountability almost as this um, a kind of slightly oppressive. Oh, don't do these things, and I've got to make sure. You know, almost sort of th thinking back to times when inappropriate comments or their thought life or you know things that they that they've done would be you know held back, and you've got to make sure that you don't do these things. When actually the the redefinition, I think, of what we've been doing over the years of accountability being out genuinely drawing the very best out of people, and yeah. actually, you know, encouraging people and giving life to people and saying, you've got this and you can do it. And, you know, whether it is, you know, something dramatic in, 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 in the workplace or, you know, sharing honestly and openly, I think there's something so empowering about accountability, yeah. actually. It doesn't have to be the kind of heavy thing that some people would make it make it about. Does, 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 that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, I think so. And also, I think people think that accountability is all about sin, you know, accountable for not sinning, which I think is a, is a part of it but actually i think the yes. positive accountability if i've read god's word and i want to do something with it i mean keith's asked the question can you give us an example of some things that you've uh done as a follow-through yeah that's a great question keith so uh, a couple of things so last week the passage was on um that parable where the, you've got the tax you've got the tax collector who's standing far from god and you've got the pharisee who feels like he's standing close to god and he's saying i'm glad i'm not like the tax collector and these sinners and the, and the tax collector is just saying i'm I'm a sinful man, you know, and and just this, yes. this the story, the parable that Jesus gives kind of flips it on his head that some who think they're close to God are actually far from him. And some who think you're, they're far from God are actually closer than they think. And so the um, kind of my thought, having read that passage and looked at it together was around, I just need to get closer to there's some people out there who think they're far from God, but they're actually closer than they think. I just want to find them. And so my my step was i want to pray for 10 people that i'll find in the, i don't know how long it's going to take but 10 people that i'll find that will are far from god who think they're far from god but actually you know they're actually people of peace they're people that god's called them closer and so that's going to be an ongoing prayer for me actually that was one thing and then this week i had um uh we were looking at um the other uh, god of all comfort so the fact that he's the father of mercy is the god of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others. So we're looking at that passage in one Corinthians in two Corinthians one, I want to say. Two Corinthians one. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So my 
um, thought was I just felt of someone that I've connected with who's had some real suffering in the last year. And I just thought I just want to reach out to him again and just message him. So I did, you know, message him today and said, can you, hey, do you want to go for a walk? I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you. And it was a really point. I won't go into details. So I don't want to. But it was a really poignant day that I was thinking about him. It was really important. Um, so yeah, it was a simple thing like that, and we've had you know similar. I mean, how about you, Steve? What what sort of things have you? I put you on the yeah, spot. Now, you. Know, <laughs> 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 I don't yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. If I do. Uh, no, I mean just to say though, guys, if, if if you do have questions on some of the things that we've been sharing about, please do feel free, just like Keith did there, to pop it into the chat. Whether you're watching on one of the YouTube channels or channels or one of the Facebook channels, you are most welcome to. And it's great just to have the encouragements that are kind of coming through. Thank you so much for your comments thus far. And um, yeah, so so we were we were looking at we have, um, 2 Corinthians 1 to today, just as Simon referenced. And I think what was interesting that came out of my group is it was talking about this encouragement that we have to give comfort to other people. But mm. it's so hard to do that, of course, when you're not receiving comfort yourself. And so that's what was birthed out of the passage. And so my group went round and round thinking, actually, where right now in the midst of all the craziness and mm. the, the lockdown, the pressures, where are we going for comfort? Mm. You know, are we going to the to the fridge? You know, are we going to mm. our phones? Are we going to Netflix? You know, are we are we going to things that ultimately are not going to give us the level of comfort that God wants to pour into our hearts? Mm. And so there, there was this general resonance that says, actually, you know, let's make sure we go to him because mm. he gives us grace for the situations. He gives us the comfort of the situations in order that that we can comfort others. I think mm. that that you know, across the board was something we we're like, oh, do you know what? So this week, you know, and it, it, it might seem overly simple, guys, but, you know, there was this kind of sense of, right, what we, what is it going to look like? How are we going to make sure that we're going to the creator and the sustainer for our comfort in mm. order that we might be sustained? And I think it, com it comes back to that, you know, what type of person are you? You know, are, are we the desert? who is constantly giving out. I mean, you've used this illustration many times before, Simon. I'm totally ripping it off you. Or maybe you borrowed it from somewhere else. But, you know, <laughs> are we the desert that's, that's constantly giving out but never really being um, replenished ourselves from God? Or are we the swamp? Now, the swamp are the sorts of people who constantly receive and, you know, they're, they're, all they really want to do is get more and get more, but they're not actually got that kind of outworking. Mm. Whereas I think instead there's this middle ground of the river who is receiving from God and giving it away, receiving from God and giving away. And there's this mm. natural flow through our lives, which I just think is so important for the way that we should live. And particularly when it comes to the, the sorts of people that we're meeting right now, the sorts of people, honestly, who, who are in really difficult situations and circumstances mm. and so many people who are needing hope. And it's those kind of people I want to I know that I've received comfort in order to give it to somebody else. And have, mm. I, have I done that illustration justice, Simon? I said, I, I, no, it's great. You've done great, Steve. You ripped it off perfectly. And I'm sure I did rip it off from somebody else myself. <laughs> I, my problem is I just, at least you can remember who you ripped it off from. I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. But, um, yeah, and I think that on that point, I just think that's one of the things that excites me about discipleship because I think actually largely is particularly the Western church, we've been not too bad with the middle classes, but I think in terms of those from – um poorer backgrounds working class backgrounds we have not been strong and I, I you know i hold my hands up to that and i think we are what i feel excited about is seeing disciple making movements launching yeah. through every demographic of society mm -hmm. and and i think some of the things that you know we're learning about even how the kind of simplicity of getting people into god's word and showing that they can you know 
you know, you know, that's what, you know, when Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, tell them the kingdom of God has come near. You know, he's basically saying, tell them God's come to you. And, and we love to say to people, come to us. And, th and that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's good as well. And Jesus did say, you know, come, you know. But I think also how much more does he want us to be saying, tell them the kingdom of God's come to you. The kingdom of God has come into your world, into your territory. It's come speaking your language and sp come into your backyard, as it were. I think that's what he was trying to communicate. And as he sent the disciples out, the kingdom of God's come and tell people the kingdom of God's come near. And I think I'd love us as we move forward in, as, as the church for the future to be more and more being able to evidence through word and through deed, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And yes. um, I feel excited about that. And I think starting to see some things multiply into different backgrounds and we've normally yes. been able to penetrate as the church, I think is going to be, yeah. it's just going to be just going to be really exciting. And I think some yeah. of the tools, some of the things that we're learning are from, from working class backgrounds. They are from yes. in the developing world. They're not from highly educated backgrounds. They're from, backgrounds where it's real people who are, who are living these things out and seeing it multiply rapidly and that feels yeah, really, yeah. really really exciting yeah. to me I mean, it, it's interesting you know because when when raw church started i mean we realized that in this season and um you know people who are who are listening in right now we're thinking i oh, you know what what is raw well, so this is this was our desire to help people to engage personally with god's word through the course of lockdown and what i would say is that there is not a perfect solution right now and and, and we know that and um and so you know we're, we're online church where many people who were looking at a screen they were realizing that they weren't engaging in the way that they would want to and um you know even now there's nothing that's going to quite satisfy us until we get to be in community genuinely mm. looking at each other because there's there's something of that body ministry which obviously is lacking right now and so we recognize that but it's so helped us in the way that we've been able to see faces and engage deeply with what god's doing and so i would just kind of encourage people in the midst of that to kind of keep a lookout on on uh, you know making sure that they're uh, finding context in their life no matter what church you're part of where you can face to face in dialogue with people engage with god's word and work out how that's going to apply to your life and i i, I guess simon that takes us on to You've been, you know, with all the study that you have been doing, you know, you've learned from lots of different people all over the world. There might be people who are thinking right now, is it not a potentially dangerous thing to just copy models from elsewhere? You know, is it not something that actually is a little bit unhealthy to think, oh, well, that seems to be working. So let's grab that and let's just mm. you know, put it into our context. What would your thoughts be there? Yeah, I think, I think it's a great point. I think it is dangerous. So I think if you're just copying a model or a form, I think it's it's almost, almost definitely destined to go wrong. I think for me, you've got to contextualize what you're learning. I think ultimately the body of Christ is there to inspire and to speak into each other's lives and to learn from one another. And I think that's healthy. But I think if you just copy a form and think that's got the power, it's got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's got to be being inspired by what god's doing elsewhere and saying okay holy spirit which which part of this is relevant for us you know which part will work for us and so um i think that's what we're doing at the moment isn't we we're, we're at the mo at the moment it's like we can blame everything on covid so we can just we can just we can just try anything and i feel pretty happy about that let's just try things and see what works see what doesn't work we might change some language you might change the way we do things that's okay yeah. you know we've learned from guys in australia what we learn from guys in africa we learn from guys in india we're learning from guys in america i love the fact actually certainly in my studies it's been much more broad whereas in the past lots of stuff has come from the america and i'm i'm pleased about that and i'm delighted with that but this feels a lot broader and it does feel 
if you, I think they're tracking now 170 disciple making movements across the world. And the principles right? are, yeah, the principles are spanning um, cultures. You know, some of these principles are, I mean, prayer, you know, the, be, becoming a people of prayer, praying for, you know, that that's spanning across any culture, you know, the, discovering God's word together and, and teaching people, people who are far from God that they can read God's word and they can learn and grow and seek, seek to put, you know, these are principles that are pretty f fundamental in any culture. They don't really, yeah. they don't really change. So I think that's what we're trying to do. And that's what I, I always try and do is kind of chew up the meat, spit up the bones and say, okay, Lord, what's, what's the meat here for us and what will work in our context and our culture. And, yes. um, you know, and even, even I've been in training with people, you know, said that they've started the training with don't copy what I'm doing. You know, yeah, <laughs> people have asked me, <laughs> what i'm doing and why yeah. it's working and i'm telling you but i am also telling you do not copy it because it might not yeah. work for you i'm not telling you know yeah. I, I love that spirit of you know i'll tell you if you ask me but don't copy me you've got to yeah. take it and apply it to your own context by the by the holy spirit i think that's that's really really key yeah. um you know, i think that's one of the privileges of being a christian you know yeah. i think ultimately that there's a promise in scripture that says my sheep hear my voice and so ultimately all of us i believe have the and it's it's not just the opportunity. I, I would say it's, it's, it's stronger than that. Actually, we, there's this encouragement that says, can we get before God and say, what are you saying to me? You know, what am I going to do about it? I think these, these things are, are, are kind of so, so important for us to respond to God. And so, you know, we, we would say to you who are watching right now, the 60 odd of you who are, who are kind of tuning in, what's God saying to you, you know, and how are you going to apply those things? And maybe mm. you will try it. But, you know, one of the key principles I would suggest is that obedience is success. And so mm. allowing God to speak to your heart and responding to him. And so that, that, that would certainly be an encouragement. Listen, let me read yeah. one, or two, um, one or two comments that we've been getting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely to sort of see some of these. So um, kind of Richard says, this is really good. Thank you so much, Richard. Having been a Christian for a long time, we think there must be some new way of what discipleship looks like, but there really isn't. Let's keep mm. it simple. Yeah, Love that. Um, Steve put in this, this comment. Thanks so much, Steve Bagnall. Um, this just popped to my newsfeed. Great to have you. You'll know to get it in your diary next time, my friend. Um, it's a wonderful encouragement, a healthy discussion. Discipleship has seemingly been the prominent theme in many services since the turn of the year. I feel that God is working within those who wouldn't normally have the courage or maybe the understanding to go and tell others. It really yeah. is exciting. And then Ed watching on YouTube says, love the simplicity of these principles. We can often complement, um, complicate things. And uh, there, there's, there's others here as well, which I'm going to yeah. uh, sort of skip. In, it. in fact, I mean, Joe just Parsons, one more. I was just, just to say, so thanks for yeah, this. Um, I was around at the right time. Good and helpful. Go on, Simon. Yeah. What are you gonna say? Well, I was just going to say that simplicity point, I think that, uh, that Ed um, picked up, I think is that's one of the things that's you, you're asking what the big take comes. And one of the big take comes is the simplicity. And I think Ed's absolutely right. We do complicate things too much. And I think um, uh, thinking through moving forward is how do we make things simpler? Because I think simple, simple things multiply, simple things yeah. replicate. And I think some there's a tendency, I think, particularly in the West, to overcomplicate things and to try and make it all the bells and all the whistles. And actually, I yes. think the simplicity is going to be key moving forward. What is the fundamentals of what church is? How, how what's you know, when you boil it all down, what is church? And I think, you know, I and you, I know, and others are wrestling through right across um, Catalyst and wider are wrestling with these things of what is church and what does it look like moving forward in a post-COVID, post-lockdown world. I think getting it simple is going to be absolutely critical because the the if we can get back to the bare bones, it will start to multiply. And that's what I've seen in other contexts is very, very simple, you know, and their definition of what church is and 
it is super simple um and i think that's encouraging and inspiring actually and and i think helping us get back to some of those basics and fundamentals will help us get to that multiplying that we're we're that jesus has called us to you know to make multiplying disciples to make disciple yes. makers um i feel excited Very about good. that the simplest i, I feel excited want. too and particularly even for people like heather who's writing in saying she's about to go up up north and church plants glad i happened across this is so helpful heather god bless you in kind of yes. going up north no matter where you're going we uh we oh, trust that the holy spirit leading you and doing wonderful things and uh, you know the big picture in the midst of this i know we, we've we've fought against i think for many years now this idea that it's only the select few who get to do the stuff and mm. um, you know it's not the man of power for the hour who's going to come in and preach and see people respond but that actually all of us every single one you know those who are believers in Christ get to do the stuff and we yeah. get to be disciples who go and make disciples. And so that I think for me is the, is the big thing here that God again is, is mobilizing his people in prayer, mobilizing his people in obedience, mobilizing his people to, to enter into lostness and really engage with the world around them. And so in so many ways, it kind of, it, even on the, the start of the journey that we're on right now, that God's doing some things. Simon, we're coming up to our kind of hour mark. I, I wonder whether there's anything else you want to share in terms of things that you're excited about across the uk or anywhere else and this is your final opportunity guys if you are tuning in if there's particular things you want us to to touch base on to ping any questions in but yeah go on son well i i think just just to, just to say i'm really excited to just introduce some of the people that i've met over the last year to a wider audience and to just yeah just to learn together from from some of them so this is very much a conversation and i like the fact that it's a kind of live platform will say some stuff that we might even disagree with in a few months time that's, <laughs> that's right. okay and we'll hear from some people we think yeah we like that we don't like you know i think that's that's great i think this is i love the fact that discipleship and disciple making is on everyone's lips at the moment everyone's thinking about it everyone that i connect with in terms of kind of church leadership are thinking about these things and i think yeah. that's fantastic and i think we'll you know as the months year, weeks and months go on i do believe that uh out you know god has designed god is causing all these things for good for those who love him accord according to yes. his purpose and i, I believe covid yes. fits into that that actually this is going to do something in us um as god's people to learn how do we how do we follow what jesus asked us to do better than we've ever done before that's why i that's why i want to give my life to and it's not it's not dismissing dismissing any forms of or the things that we've done in the past and saying that was all rubbish not at all you know god's we wouldn't be here apart from some of those things you know we celebrate those things but we also want to say okay is there anything more is there any is, is there anything more out there is there anything more we can get hold of is there any better ways or understandings or things that can help us moving forward and i think that's what excites me is there's a you know, particularly as we reach into the next generation whose world has changed, you know, their world is completely different to anything, even, even, you know, you're younger than me, but even you grew up with, certainly that I grew up with, there's, yes. we've, got to, we've got to be thinking through these things for the sake of the next generation and helping prepare the way for them so that they can encounter Jesus and reach out to their friends in a way that um, we've sought to do in our generation and will continue to do, but also want to train them to do for their generation. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about this conversation and I hope, uh, Hope we can meet some real fun people on the journey as we talk about it together. How about you? What, what What's your final thoughts as we kind of finish tonight? I was just going to bring us in for a land. Uh. Listen, well, 
you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I love this stuff. And, um, you know, I, it feels like a tremendous privilege to, to be in the position that we're in. And uh, just hope, hoping, guys, that for each of you who has commented, so grateful for the fact that you've been speaking so positively already. And we just mm. hope to, to engage you in the conversation as we learn. And so mm. one of the things that I think is really important is that we're not coming here as experts. We're not even coming here as necessarily as kind of professionals who have got everything together. What we are doing is saying we want to be um, you know, connected to Jesus. We want to be learning more about what it means to follow him and then see yeah. other people utterly transformed by the power of the gospel. We believe God is doing it. And we believe in our generation that we can see a remarkable number of people come to know him and, and bring his kingdom in every yeah. way, shape and form. And so thanks so much for this evening, guys, for joining the conversation. Yeah, thank so great. You. Thank you. What we'll be doing is uh, say we'll be back for the next, uh, I think, five or six weeks. Uh, sorry, excuse me. We'll do five or six of these times every fortnight, okay? So the next one will be on the 14th. Now, that is Valentine's Day, okay? But what better way to uh, <laughs> spend some time in an evening with us that day? And what's interesting is because of the fact that Daniel C., who's going to be with us that evening to be interviewed and to share what's going on across the world from his perspective, um, he's actually going to be doing it on the 15th, very early in the morning. So if he can get up about 6 a.m., I'm sure that that you can join us at eight o'clock on the 14th of February, right? But listen, thank you so much for being with us this evening. God bless you. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time on The Disciple. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us.